Welcome to Redeeming Productivity Academy. My name is Reagan Rose, and this is our first module in the training series for the Academy. And we're beginning with what I call the five pillars of Christian productivity. As we embark on this voyage of productivity together, one thing we need to keep in mind is that we are building something here. We're building a life of productivity, and we got to be careful that we're building that life on a sturdy foundation. So in this training, we're going to be looking at the theological, biblical foundation for a life of productivity God's way. I've included some worksheets. So throughout each of these stages, you're going to have a chance to pause, do a little bit of reflection. And at the very end of this training, there's going to be a worksheet for you to fill out that's going to help you do sort of a self-assessment of what is getting in the way of you becoming the sort of person that we're going to be talking about here. So let's get into it. Before we talk about the five pillars or the foundation of Christian productivity, I want to talk a bit more about the stage that we're on. I've built this program around five stages, and they all kind of have a nautical metaphor to them. So in stage one, we're talking about drowning. I think this kind of captures the sense that we all feel in this modern world. We've got too many things to do. Maybe this describes you. You feel disorganized. You feel inconsistent. You feel overcommitted. There's so many things to do in so little time, and there's so many different things vying for our attention, it seems like we're never going to be able to get our heads above water. And I know, at least for me, this is why I care about productivity. I don't want to feel this way. I want to have some sense of order. I want to have some sense that I'm not letting everyone down, that I'm not falling short on every single commitment I make. I want to not feel like I'm drowning. And so in this stage one, there's going to be at least one more training in this stage where we talk about kind of the basics. How do we get our head above water? How do we get in the boat? But first, I think we need to ask a more basic question. And that's this. Is survival even worth it? Now, listen, I know that sounds a bit macabre because of the drowning metaphor and all that. But what I mean is we need to establish what is the point? Of fighting this overwhelm. I don't know about you, but I have lots of people in my life that seem perfectly content with letting people down all the time. They seem perfectly content with the fact that they're not making progress on goals and they're just kind of floating in the water. To me, just as an observer, it seems like they don't even care. And so should we do that? Should we have this attitude of, of giving up and just accepting this is life in the modern world? I don't think we should. Because our outlook as Christians our outlook on the world is radically different than the world's outlook. At least it ought to be. God's word should be what shapes our understanding of why we're here and what we're doing. And that worldview, that outlook on life should shape how we approach our personal productivity. And so that brings us to these five foundations of Christian productivity. If we want to build a life of productivity, we have to make sure we're building on a sturdy foundation. So in this first training, we're going to look at the theological foundation of a Christian's understanding of personal productivity. If you've been following my work with reading productivity for any amount of time, some of this is going to seem familiar to you, but I've tried to boil it down to and crystallize it into five clear axioms. These are basic assumptions about God and man that I think make the biggest impact on how we approach our work and our lives in a manner of, of trying to redeem them for God's glory. 
There's going to be a couple of chances for you to pause and reflect on each of the sections as we go through them in this training. And at the very end, there's going to be an assessment I'm going to ask you to do that's going to allow you to look at what are the things that are getting in the way of you being this kind of person. And I highly encourage you do the worksheets, do the exercises that come with this, because that's going to help you get the most you possibly can out of these trainings. And then definitely, definitely, definitely participate in our discussions over in our community community so that other people can kind of encourage you, you can encourage people, and we really can have some accountability and do this together. All right, so let's get into the pillars. So I have expressed this first as a single statement. This phrase right here summarizes the foundational fundamental assumptions about God and man that I believe differentiate Christian productivity from the world's version. Let me read it to you and then the rest of our time in this training, we're going to kind of break it down. So it reads this way. My life is a stewardship from God to be used for bringing him glory through bearing good works according to his gifting, resulting in my reward. You notice there's five lines to that. I've broken up each clause of the statement. Those are the five pillars. And those are the foundations which I believe we have to build our very Christian understanding of productivity upon. And that may mean for some of you tearing down some assumptions you have, some ways in which uh, even, even secular literature on productivity has infected or affected your thinking where you're making assumptions that actually go contrary to God's word. Assumptions about your work, assumptions about your purpose, assumptions about what uh, your ambitions in life should be. And we'll get into some of that in the reflection questions in a moment. But each line of this makes up one of the pillars. And in fact, I've actually rephrased these and it's the same principles, but phrased slightly different as a relationship between you and God. And so let's look at these one at a time, these five pillars of Christian productivity. The first pillar is that you belong to God. This is a fundamental assumption that you should have as a Christian and which, if you think about it, has massive implications for your work and your productivity. And we get this from 1 Corinthians verse 19 and 20. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the principle that if you are a Christian, you have bowed the knee to Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You are no longer a free citizen. You are no longer your own master, as if you ever really were. But you have to let this notion sink deep down into your heart. You are not your own. This has deep effects for how you think about your work and productivity. And one way of talking about this is that this pillar represents the origin of our productivity, the origin of our productivity. You belong to God. You see, the world says you belong to yourself. The world says your goal, therefore, is to be happy. Do whatever makes you happy. That's your only master. That's you. The world says if you want to chase whatever your happiness or whatever it is you're searching for, if you want to chase that through productivity, go for it. If not, that's fine. And in that sense, for the world, productivity is an optional thing. It's something that, hey, if that's how you're going to want to be happy, that's going to how you're going to find your meaning in life, go for it. But that's not the case for a Christian. 
Because while the world says that we belong to ourselves, the Bible says your life is a stewardship. You're not your own. This life, your resources, they are God's on loan to you for making a good return for him. We see this right from the beginning in creation that God made man in his own image. He set us apart for a special work to do something. And again, in salvation, when he bought us by the blood of Jesus Christ to be used for his service. We're going to talk more about this in a moment. So pillar one, you don't belong to you. You belong to God. But you'll notice even in that verse we were looking at, it brings us into pillar two because he says, so glorify God in your body. If you're not your own person, if you are someone whose life is a stewardship for God, what should you do with that life? Well, the answer comes simply, you should glorify God with it. And that is pillar two. You exist to glorify God. And I have as the key verse for this one, 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. There are many verses I could have cited, Isaiah 43, many different places where it's implied that basically God's purpose for us as people, his purpose for creation is to glorify himself. I hope that that's something that, that's, that's obvious to you, but I don't think sometimes that it's so obvious to us that we let it seep down into how we think about work and productivity. This pillar represents the purpose of our productivity. And our purpose is indeed different than other people's. The world says be productive so you can be successful or happy, make more money, retire early, uh, climb the success ladder, be admired by your peers, get the girl or the guy of your dreams, right? There's all these different ways and reasons and purposes that they give us, but they all boil down to self. But the Bible says, glorify God in all that you do. The purpose for which we're productive is not to serve self, it's to serve God. That's a fundamental difference between how we think about productivity and the world does. Our purpose is not merely earthly success, though I do think that often comes as a byproduct. Our purpose, though, the main goal is to bring God glory with our lives. We want to live productive lives because we want to live lives that count not just for here, but onto eternity. And we want to live lives that don't just make us successful in temporal ways, but shine that bright light on God and his glory, because that is what we're all about. And that's why I care about productivity. I hope that's why you care about productivity. And I hope that we can use this lens as we're even evaluating some of the books we're looking at in our book club or the different literature, the articles we read about productivity. I hope we use this lens as a, as a discerning filter to see sometimes how this thing of purpose creeps in to how the world talks about productivity and how we have to be very careful to reject that and instead remember, no, no, no. My purpose is God's glory, not me. But how do we glorify God? How do we actually do this? Well, that brings us to pillar three, which is you were saved to bear fruit for God. Our key verse for this one is John 15, 8. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. 
Here's Jesus talking about, this is in the context of, uh, I am the true vine, that whole discourse in John 15, but he says, okay, you want to glorify my father? Perfect. Here's how you do it. Bear much fruit. And in context, you see that actually is referring to good works. That is how we bring God glory. We bear the fruit that a disciple of Jesus Christ bears. And this pillar here refers to the content of our productivity. You were saved to bear fruit for God. That's the content of your productivity. You see, the world says that you should be productive in following your dreams or chasing your ambitions or searching for success, right? What you should fill your time with are things that tend towards your own glory or your own financial success or your own whatever. And listen, not those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but as an ultimate purpose, they do not fit the bill for a Christian. There are many legitimate things we can be productive in. We can seek to be productive in our businesses, in being a productive pastor, in being a productive mother, or, or in our career, or in our latter years as we seek to honor God in our retirement years. Those are all great ways, great content to our productivity can be found in those different spheres. But mainly what we need to concern ourselves about no matter what we're doing specifically is that it is all marked by bearing good fruit because the Bible says, be productive in following Christ. So the world says, be productive in following your dreams. The Bible says, be productive in following Christ. And what that means is you're bearing fruit for God. You're bearing good works. And now the question comes up here, what are good works? And maybe if you haven't ever paused to think about that, it sounds like an obvious question, but it can be kind of confusing because when you start thinking about it, maybe you'll hit the obvious things like, well, worshiping with people in church, that seems like a good work, worshiping God, uh, evangelism, certainly that seems like a good work. But biblically, good works are seen as a much broader category than sometimes we talk about them in. This following quote comes from Matt Perman's book, What's Best Next, which is a great book by a Christian about productivity. This is a wonderful book. If you're looking for a book on productivity from a Christian, Matt Perman's book is one of the best ones out there. But he talks about this subject. He says, according to the scriptures, good works are not simply the rare, special, extraordinary, or supernatural things we do. Rather, they are anything we do in faith. And what he's talking about there is that, you know, sometimes we have this way of separating out like uh, we'll, we'll say, well, I'm in, I'm, you know, a pastor or I'm a, I'm a, I teach the Bible. Of course, that's a good work. And that's of a different caliber or different quality than the person who's working in the, uh, in the potato chip plant or something like that. But what we see in scripture and what Perman captures so well here is that good works are a very broad category. They are those things which are done by faith, where we're seeking to serve God and serve others of a desire to bring God glory. They are, another way of putting it is it's obedience. It's obeying God. It's acting like a Christian in every situation of life. And what I think is so critical to understand here is that Christian productivity in good works is less about what you do and more about why you do it. The what is important. You have to obey. You have to be doing what God has commanded you to do. But 
very, very important is the heart. And this is something that Jesus got at so much in his earthly ministry. You know, when he would go after the Pharisees for them doing outwardly conforming to the things of the law, but inward they were like whitewashed tombs or, or unwashed cups. Their hearts hadn't been changed. And the lesson there for us is even as believers, sometimes we can do the outward things that look like good works. But if we aren't being productive in making sure that those are flowing from a heart of what pleases God, it's really going to be worthless in the final accounting. It's not worthwhile before God if it doesn't come from the right place. And so what are good works? Good works are obedience from the heart. There are things we do for the glory of God for the purpose of serving others. And that is the type of stuff we're seeking to be productive in. And so one of the wonderful things about this reality and recognizing this is that you can bear this good fruit. You can be productive in this no matter what you're doing. If you're not in a, an overtly sinful profession or you're not living in, in sin to the Lord, wherever you're at, whatever stage of life, whatever industry you're in, whatever you're doing, you can be productive in good works. And this bears dividends, not just temporally, but learning to be productive in good works, God's way, bears dividends for eternity. And remember, why do we care about bearing good works? We're trying to glorify God. Here's another one from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is from Matthew 5:16. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Do you see how these all flow together? Our origin We belong to God. Our purpose, we exist to bring him glory. The content of our productivity, we're here to bear good works. Here Jesus is talking about that very thing, letting your light shine before others. What does that mean? He explains so that they may see your good works. How do you let your light shine? Good works. And again, friends, I hope we're all on the same page with this. I'm not talking about earning your salvation. You cannot earn your salvation. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, through Jesus Christ alone. You can't add to it. You can't augment it. You are saved purely by faith because Jesus did on your behalf what you weren't able to do. But the life of a Christian who has been saved by faith is a transformed life. It's a new life and it will be marked by good works. And we can, through very practical means, ensure that we are walking close with the Lord and that we are setting our lives up and organizing them in such a way where we, uh, where we make obedience easier for ourselves because we're planning for it. Do you understand? This is why productivity is so critical for a Christian. We can't just cross our arms after we get saved and just kind of hope that, you know, God will bring things along. He, he, he does, of course, providentially, but the Lord uses means. And oftentimes the means is our own effort done in faith to seek to be faithful to him. So if you want to bring God glory, here's how you do it. Let your light shine before men by doing good works. And what will they do? They won't look at you. If you're doing it right, they won't look at you. They'll look through you and see Christ and glorify him just as it was meant to be. This is, I hope it's clear, it's a fundamentally different approach to productivity than what the world is selling us in the airport bookstore. All right, moving right along, let's look at pillar number four. You have been uniquely gifted by God. And this comes in as the source of our productivity. 
This is a different source than the world has. And I mean source in terms of uh, the power behind it. You see, the world says, be productive in your own power. And so they'll emphasize things like self-discipline or, or meditation or diet or exercise or sheer willpower or, or habits. And these are all good things. And they're all things we're going to be talking about in the academy here. But they're not a source of power. When the world talks about these things, they're looking, they're trying to tell us that we should find the power within ourselves to change and to be productive. But here's the wonderful advantage that Christians have. We don't have to find the power in ourselves. We find it in what God has given us. He has resourced us to be productive. And so while the world says be productive in your own power, the Bible says be productive in God's power. God has given us his Holy Spirit. It says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. If you struggle with will power. Well, guess what? The Lord is here. He's given you his Holy Spirit, uh, the resident interpreter of the Bible, the resident truth teller, the convictor, the spirit who empowers us to do these good works. And so he changes our will and he helps us to actually work to do those things that are pleasing him, those good works that bring him glory. He also, so he equips us through his Holy Spirit, but he also equips us through his word. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This passage is often cited as a proof text for the sufficiency of scripture, which it is. Scripture is sufficient. One thing you have to recognize here is this is not just a, a great source for understanding our, our bibliology and informing how we think about God's word. The truth in here has very practical implications for how we think about our productivity. We are fully equipped to do that which pleases God. And here's the wonderful thing, friends. If you set your mind on being a productive Christian, you are aligning yourself with God's will for your life. Do you understand that? This is what God has told us to seek. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And these other things that we worry so much about, you know, our necessities of life, those will be added unto you if we stay laser focused. And so if you sincerely and from the heart set yourself to this task of being a productive believer, to see your life ordered so that you might better serve him and others for his name's sake, you have been fully resourced for that task. How cool is that? How awesome is that? You have what you need to succeed. And he's also equipped us in our spiritual gifts. First Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied graces. In as far as those good works which pertain to how we serve and uh, engage with other people, we have everything we need for that as well through our spiritual gifts. And so all of these, these are our sources of power for productivity. Willpower is wonderful and, and it's necessary, but we need a spirit controlled willpower. And we have the self-discipline which comes as a fruit of the spirit. And so the takeaway here, I think, hopefully if it's not been clear yet, the takeaway here is that a productive Christian will focus his or her attention on their relationship with Jesus Christ first. Follow me here. If all of the power to be a productive Christian 
comes from those resources God has given us through his spirit, through his word, and through his, uh, spiritual gifts he's given us. And of course, there's other means as well, fellowship of the saints and things like that. If that's true, if that's how he equips us, then where should we focus our attention? If we're going to start with a habit, if we're going to start giving our attention to something, well, it should be towards those things which tend to uh, help us in our relationship with Jesus Christ, that source for our power, and that that's going to help remind us why we're here, keep us focused on the task, focus on our purpose too. Habits, planners, apps, all that stuff is wonderful. And of course, we're going to dig into all of that. But if you are not walking daily with Christ, you are trying to operate a power tool without it plugged into the wall. You're trying to be productive in, in serving God without actually doing it in his power. That's foolish. And so that's where you have to begin. If you are at a point right now where you're starting this, I'm going to get organized. I want to get this stuff under control. I'm going to get my life on track. Look, here's where you start. Here's where you start. Get in a habit doing daily devotions. Get in a habit daily prayer. We're going to get those things sorted. I'm going to help you with those things. But that's where you got to begin because that's where the power is and that's where the the focus of your life ought to be. Because say you get everything else right, but you're not productive in walking with the Lord. Well, all the rest of it is going to be worthless. Okay, so focus there first. And finally, we come to pillar five, which is you will give an account to God. Our key text for this one is Romans 14, 12, which says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And the point with this one really is we're talking about motivation. What motivates our productivity? How is that different than what motivates the world? Well, how's the world talk about motivation? Well, the world says be productive so you can get more of this life. Whereas the Bible says, be productive so you can gain more of the next life. Those are different motivations, aren't they? And now when we aim our hearts, when we aim our objective on heavenly reward rather than temporal reward, what we'll often find is that temporal things come along with it. It's not our focus, but they do happen to come. When you, when you lead your life as a, a productive person before God, often, not always, but often, temporal blessings flow with that because you are doing things God's way. You're operating in the wisdom which God's word commends and which we read about in the Proverbs often results in our, even our temporal blessing. And the trick is not focusing yourself so much on the temporal, but instead being focused on, I want to serve God. I want to be productive because I know one day I'm going to meet him face to face and there will be an accounting. You know, one of the most terrifying stories Jesus tells is in Luke 12. And he tells a story about a rich man whose land was super productive. And you can see the analogy of what we're talking about here. But he built these bigger barns because his land was just producing so much. And so he says to himself, look, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. And I'm going to store up all my stuff in them. And it says in uh, verse 19, and he says to himself, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But what happens? God shows up says to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Whatever he did, all of the things he stored up, all the, his focus on the temporal was just going to go to the next generation, whoever's going to inherit from him. All of that work, all of that uh, uh, um, 
trying to, to, to get it all done so he could relax and just chill for the rest of his days turned out to be a foolish thing because once his soul was required of him, he couldn't take those things with him. That's what Jesus was saying. And he gives the lesson in the next verse. Jesus says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And it's clear in the context here that he's not speaking specifically or uh, exclusively about being rich towards God with our earthly possessions. That is part of it. But as he goes on, he talks about our kingdom focus and, you know, putting God's kingdom first in our thinking and letting him worry about the necessities. And so being rich towards God, it's this attitude of my life is not in service of me. I'm not thinking purely about my retirement. Now, obviously there is wisdom about being wise with our finances, but the point is here, what's your motivation? What is it that's driving your productivity? If your purpose in joining this academy and joining this community is so that you can figure out some life hacks so you can get rich and retire at a young age, that's really not what we're going to focus on. And I would argue, just based on the scripture here, that that's not what you should focus on. You should focus on living a life that's rich towards God and lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Your motivation to be productive isn't about getting as much of this world as you can or getting all the the joy you can or the best experiences or whatever. Your motivation is bringing God glory and you keep always ahead of you in your vision that one day you will stand before God and you will give an account for your stewardship. And this is exactly what we see in the parable of the talents. You remember there's the three servants. They're each entrusted with different amounts of money. The master of the house leaves for a time. He comes back. He says, how did you guys invest the money? Two of them did a good job. The third one just buried it and didn't do anything with it. But the whole point in that story Jesus told was that the ones who were good stewards of what was entrusted to them were rewarded in heaven. And the Bible presents heavenly reward as a motivation for believers. I want to live a life of productivity for God's glory so that when I stand before him at the end of time, I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter my rest. That's what I want. That's what I'm after. I hope that's what you're after because that's what I want to help us seek together. And as I've said, there are going to be many, many side benefits that we enjoy, a greater sense of peace over your work, a greater sense of accomplishment. Uh, you will very likely experience temporal benefits uh, in, in terms of your, your finances, in terms of uh, your relationships and all of that as you learn the techniques for being more and more productive. But if you don't build it on this foundation, you are going to regret it in, in the end. So let's have a eternal mindset in how we approach our productivity. So here again are those five pillars and I've put next to them the key word for each of them. If you guys want to grab that, I will also include this in the worksheet that you have uh, so you can hang on to that. These are a great thing to um, even print out or just write down and keep on your desk. They're wonderful reminders to me throughout the week when I'm always like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this right now? This is why. This is what it's about. This is the foundation for a productive life for God's glory. Now, finally, as I close out this training, I want to leave you with one exercise. And that's this. What's getting in your way? What is stopping you? When you look back on each of those, and I hope you've been doing the reflection questions for each of the five pillars as we've been going through. But I want you to, to write down what are the top 
three distractions. What are the top three distractions that are keeping you from living a life that is fully sold out to that mission, that is fully living as though you believe those five pillars of Christian productivity are true? What is getting in the way of you being productive for God's glory? Write those down and please, if, if you don't be shy, share them with the community and let's discuss them together because I'm willing to bet a lot of us have the same ones and maybe, just maybe, we can help each other deal with those together. Well, thanks for watching, guys. I'll see you back over in the community. Please do take some time this week. Do the exercises, do the reflection questions that come along with this. All of this is going to help us build towards each of these stages and make these great gains in our productivity together.